It is Free Talk Live. I'm so bad at this. I didn't unmute one microphone, and that happened to be Angie's. Wow. I was just sitting here thinking about we weren't able to do a sound test or anything before the show, which is fine because it's all set up. It's It stays set up when it's not in use, so it's not strictly necessary. But then, sure enough, I start talking and there's no sound. I'm just like, God, really? Oh, wow. But yeah, uh, welcome to Free Talk Live. Uh, with you tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. I guess I should say She Talk Live. Yes, you know, She Talk Live. There was a chance, there was a, a, a legitimate ray of hope that we were not going to be doing the show from this particular studio tonight. Mm-hmm. And it was so exciting. And then it turns out that what I thought was filed by the magistrate was filed by a, my attorney for the magistrate. So that all she has to do is sign and date the thing, and it's done. Yeah, it confused us, too. We thought uh, it was the magistrate's order. It actually said something like order on the docket, so it kind of tricked us. Well, well th- that's what it is. It, it is what the magistrate would have written out and submitted if the magistrate was going to take the time to do that. And instead, my attorney was like, no, no, she wanted to have a hearing about whether or not Ian and I could have contact. And it's like, the prosecutors agree. I agree. Ian agrees. Probation agrees. No one, there's no calls to have a hearing. No one's arguing. Just sign the stupid sheet of paper. And right? the judge, LaPlante, said to the prosecution that they need to agree to this. Like yes. they need to get, um, you know, their, their parts together that they um, agree with. But instead of signing the sheet of paper himself, Judge LaPlante kicked it down to the magistrate, which was what the motion referred is on the, if you're looking at court listener or pacer or whatever, that's what that is, is him kicking it down to the magistrate, whereupon the magistrate was like, no, we need to have a hearing about this. And my attorney went, yeah, no, no, we don't. Here's a sheet of paper, sign it and date it and we're done. Right. If the judge knew that it should have been signed anyway, he should have just signed off on it and moved on. Instead of sending it down to the magistrate, he should have just done what he should, his responsibility would be. That's, that, that would be, you know, my take on it as well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say something negative about the judge or the magistrate and the chance that they're listening to the show. I hope that they are. I hope that they know that they should just go ahead and sign this paper because no one is contesting it. And they should just move on to something else. I would remind them that both the prosecutors and Judge LaPlante in this case have admitted they've acknowledged that Maya Ian's First Amendment rights are being violated by the government because of this at the moment. Absolutely. They've admitted that. You would think it would be a slightly higher priority to them to stop infringing on our First Amendment rights. But evidently... Of course, my attorney didn't file that particular sheet of paper until about 3.30 in the afternoon. So, I mean, it appeared on Court Listener pretty much instantly. But we discussed it earlier. How long have they been sitting on this? My attorney filed the initial motion on June the 4th. So 12, so 12 days ago. 12 days, and it needs a signature. Yes. That's it. That, that's- well, that's all it needs now. Yeah. It, it needed more prior to that. Um he was very strategic in when he did it because okay. he knew that there was a status conference for the trial coming up the following Tuesday, and he wanted to make sure that it was submitted before then so that they could discuss it at the status conference and get something resolved quicker. And it was actually at this conference. Well, the prosecutors initially objected, which is why we we're going to have to take it before the judge. 
it, but it was at this conference that the judge told the prosecutors, hey, yeah, no, uh, their their rights are being violated and this needs to be fixed. Fixed it or I'll fix it. Yeah. And then the prosecutors waited. That was on a Tuesday. It was the following Monday before the prosecutors finally filed their agreement to the terms, adding the modification that I have to notify my my pre-release supervisory officer before I have physical contact with Ian. But that is the only modification they made. Yes. And my okay. attorney talked to me. I was like, fine. If, yes. it, if it speeds this along, let's do it. Done. I, it it's no... I, I can set it up where as I'm, as I'm on my way out the door, I hit a button right there besides the door that automatically sends my supervisory officer an email telling her, hey, I'm going to see Ian, yep. right? It would actually be kind of fun to set that up, really. This is my little going to see Ian button. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I, I don't have any particular issue with that. I mean, and it's a notification. It's not requesting permission. And I was clear mm-hmm. about that up front. I was like, look, I don't want to have to shoot this email and then wait for my supervisor officer to respond saying, okay, that's fine. I, you know, we're phrasing this as notifying them. And that's to me sending an email, right? If that's acceptable, then sure. And he was like, well, yeah, that that's acceptable. Okay. So great. So they finally submitted that on this past Monday, uh, which was two days ago. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm Every morning, first thing I do is check court listener to see whether or not I can talk to the, my freaking best friend for the last two years, right? And no progress. No, no changes since the prosecutors filed their assent to the motion. Well, it's really hard to sign your name. I mean, I guess that, that could be a really tough task for some people, maybe. Well, that didn't, days. that didn't become necessary until today Yeah, when the judge finally kicked it down to the, pros- to the magistrate. And the magistrate went, yeah, no, we need to have a hearing about this. But why? Why? What, what, what could possibly be gained from having a hearing about this? Do they make any money when they have a hearing? I know the prosecutors probably make money, right? Like- I, imagine their, I, I imagine their salary because I know, having talked to my attorney about it, that they serve 10-year terms. Okay. They're not set for life like judges are. I understand. So, Wait, I, attorneys do? No, magistrates. Oh, okay. So I, I don't know exactly what a magistrate even is. Um, I always consider that to be sort of a deprecated term that, you know, used to sort of mean judge. I, I don't know. I don't I've never know. had to deal with a magistrate before in my life. And suddenly I do. And I'm like, I don't even know who this person and is. Now you're hoping you never have to deal with another one. <laughs> it's just weird because the judge is higher up than the magistrate. And he already said like, oh, yeah, duh, this needs to be done. So why is she wanting a that's the weirdest part about her wanting a hearing to me. It's like, well, presumably she doesn't know that oh. she doesn't know that the judge was like, hey, yeah, this this needs to happen. How does she not know that? Why not? I, I don't know. I don't know what she knows and what she doesn't know. But pres- she doesn't have the authority to go against the judge the judge has the authority to go against her okay she doesn't have the authority to go against the judge so if the judge says hey this is fine i just don't have time to deal with it then presumably she has to deal with it in the way that the judge wants her to i don't know i mean i guess she doesn't have to but the it would force us to appeal her decision which would take another six weeks or however long this nonsense takes and it's just all we need is a signature and my attorney, when he, as soon as he heard that she wanted a hearing, he was like, this, this is unbelievable. I've never seen this. There, there's no disputing party here. There's no reason to have a hearing whatsoever. The prosecutors are shocked by this. I'm shocked by this. So I'm going to file this other motion. So he did that. And it's, it's basically just a very quick two pages of everyone agrees with this. This is fine. Here's your order. It's already written for you. All you have to do is sign and date it. Wow. So 
Um, this is your co- court-appointed attorney? Yes. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, there's a reason I consciously chose to keep him. I've been impressed with him from the start. And, uh, you know, he's, he's in my corner, and he's, I'm pleased with how he's representing me. He good. knows how important this is to me. And yep. within minutes of the magistrate saying, yes, we need to have a hearing to this, he was online fouling something on my behalf without even consulting with me about it because, I mean, obviously he knew that. Right. I was like, no, that. That would be stupid. Yep. Why would we schedule a hearing for 12 days out when I'm at a festival when we can just get get the stupid signature? And It's about control. It's about wanting to stay in control and be able to dictate what you do and who you talk to and when you talk to them. And they, you know, you're going to be at that festival, and they probably know this, and they want to control you there. They want to be able to take control of whatever you're doing at the moment and interfere with your life just like they're doing. Well, they do know I will be at the festival because, mm-hmm. you know, I... I didn't have to get permission because I'm not under any travel restrictions as long as it's within the United States. Okay. But I want to stay on good terms with mm-hmm. my supervisor officer because that makes my life easier and it makes her life easier. I don't really care if her life is easier or not, but it makes my life easier right. if she's happy with me. So yep. I was like, hey, I want to do this thing. And she's sure, you can do this thing. So they know I'm going to be there. Okay. And I'm going to be doing Free Talk Live there. You'll be doing, helping yep. me out with Free Talk Live there. This all two weeks, uh, maybe... We'll see some other people there, some surprising people we wouldn't expect Fingers to crossed. see. Give us a call, 202-380-3699. You can take control of the airwaves. That's 202-380-3699. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, 202-380-3699. And if you're watching on dlive.freetalklive.com, I've actually started the overlays. I was working on them last night, but I wasn't happy with them, so I just sort of put it off to the back burner. But it's actually She Talk Live on this Wednesday edition of Free Talk Live. We need the actual overlay and stuff to make that happen, and it's... It's one of those things that it's, it's it's nice to have, but I have more important things to do yes. in my time at the moment. That's changing. As of Monday morning, I will officially have not quit because I'm not quitting the other job, but I'm going down to like nine hours a week, and it's going to free me up to take care of a lot of the things that I've been needing to take care of. Plus, Good. soon, hopefully... I will be able to have contact with Ian and that will make everyone's life, especially mine. And my life is the one I care about a lot easier. (laughs) So looking forward to that. I mean, it was so, there was such a ray of hope when I saw this filed because I didn't initially even know that my attorney had filed it. I didn't know what it was I was looking at. All I saw was something written from the magistrate's perspective saying it is hereby ordered that the amend- that the conditions of release are amended such that blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, oh, God, it's done. I can have contact with Ian. Me too. But no, that wasn't it. It was just my attorney being helpful. And anyway, extraterrestrials. Yes. I mean, it's, it's frustrating, and I can't stress that enough, to, to have been in that moment where it's like, yes, finally, I can have contact with Ian, only to go, nope. No, Only no, to have I it can't. just yanked back because yeah. the magistrate wanted a hearing. Mm-hmm. So. 
Surely silly they government. Surely they're not going to grant that hearing. I, I can't imagine why they would. No. There, there's no point. No one wants to argue about this further. The arguing about it already happened. And the judge already made a decision and said, hey, this needs to happen. So, but that's where we're at. And hoping. Now we wait. Hoping this is going to get done before Friday, at, at the very least, because the Monday I leave for Forkfest. And now, if I can have contact with Ian, then it would just mean that I'm making a lot of trips from Rogers Campground back down to Keene during the day and then back to Rogers Campground to record the show because I mean, there's a lot to actually discuss regarding the show. But anyway. So, so you think you'll make the trip back down to Keene a lot? If I have if, to. If, if you if can have not, contact? If it's not handled before Monday, yeah. then I don't see that I would have much choice. But if it's handled before Monday, then hey, that's great. Then I, I can just is. shoot them an email or a text message or whatever. Yeah, me too. I mean, all it takes at this point is the magistrate's signature and dating it. That's really simple. So tomorrow, that magistrate is going to sign it and date it. I'm optimistic. And you guys are going to be having a talk as soon as it's done. I, I would hope so. Yeah. You know. Uh, based on how quickly she got the motion and was like, yes, I want to have a hearing, I assume she's paying attention to it and we'll see this latest motion. But who who knows? I have no idea what these people do in, in, their, in their work time. Do you think that they know what they're doing? Let's wait until the magistrate puts her signature down on the sheet of paper before I answer that question. Okay, we'll <laughs> revisit that next week. Yes, let's revisit. Well. Yeah, we'll revisit that during yeah. Fest sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, extraterrestrials are in the news again. It's actually been in the news off and on over the last several years with um, the unidentified aerial phenomena or whatever they're calling it now, where you know we have these things flying around and no one within the U.S. government seems to know what they are. Do you think you've ever seen any? No. How about you, Bonnie? Me? No. Not- Me neither. No. I know people who have. I also lived on Dugway Proving Grounds where lots of people who live there claim to see them there. Um, it's like a military, a huge military base in Utah. It's bigger than Rhode Island. Oh, wow. So people think that like the government works on UFOs there or whatever. Like Lots of people who live there have seen them. But I personally, no. I've never seen them. And I, I lived in Vegas briefly where a lot of these sightings you know, supposedly occur because it's relatively close to Area 51 where the U.S. aircraft is, excuse me, the U.S. Air Force is regularly testing. Where is Area 51? I'm not sure. In Nevada somewhere. I for okay. some reason thought that it was New Mexico before, but Ian like looked it up. But this was before the raid. He was I like, it's, that too. it's yeah. Nevada. I don't yeah, know that, what it was. That screen flashed oh, when it happened. That's probably not good. Anyway, I haven't seen any UFOs, but I have seen uh, videos or pictures of them online when people have shared them, claiming that that's what they are. Um, Today, we are going to go to RT.com and uh, talk about an article written on June 15th that says the U.S. government considers at least some UFOs to be extraterrestrial and extra-dimensional, ex-Intel official says. The article starts, it says, the U.S. government is aware of UFOs that defy any conventional explanation. Despite extensive analysis, a former official who investigated such issues said, adding that Washington considers them to be possibly of alien origin. U.S. officials have collected data on some extraordinary UFOs. Louis Alonzo, former director of military's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or AATIP, a task force investigating 
these phenomena, told Washington Examiner. It is nothing more than an infinite... Infinitesimally. Thank you, Aria. Small possibility that such objects could have been creations of some engineers from Russia, China, or the U.S. itself. I I tend to agree with that assessment. I mean, we Mm -hmm. have U.S. Navy pilots and Air Force pilots who are seeing these things and going, yeah, man, we don't don't have anything that is even remotely capable of flying at these speeds or using these maneuvers. And it seems unlikely that the Russian government would or that the Chinese government would. Right, because someone would have seen it by now. But maybe, like, in the, like... On Dugway proving, proving Ground, like, just the average soldier can't even get on there. Like, you have to have super high classification just to even go there at all. There are people that have said, like, that they saw they were, like, in the deep, deep part of it. I was only allowed on a small area because I wasn't, like, you know, I didn't have a high classification rating, obviously. I was just my dad's daughter. My dad's in the Army, or he was in the Army. Anyways, but there were people there that saw, like, a car driving and go underground and things like that. So they have like underground, you know, testing things like that. So it could be, you know, only the really, really high up military people, just not the average, you know, pilot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, knows about them. There's this guy. But what benefit would there be uh, to developing these aircraft if they're not know. being put in commission for our pilots know. to use? I wonder that, too. Like, if it's true, there was this guy that um, I worked at a, um, a hotel on Dugway. And he worked for the government, don't know what he was doing, like some kind of training out in the desert part. And he told me, like, I worked in the middle of the night, so he stayed up in the middle of the night talking to me. And he told me he was like, in like a, in like less than a decade, people will be like, wow, you lived on Dugway? That's crazy, because it's going to be famous for being the place that UFOs came out of. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, they're working on UFOs here. But I don't know, my boss has said he was just flirting with you. Oh, of course. They don't want you to know the truth. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sure. What, what, what did he mean by they were working on UFOs there? I don't know. Like, I didn't ask. I mean, I don't know if I got any more information, but. Because yeah. it seems like if they're being developed by someone within the U.S. military, that they're not unidentified flying objects. They know exactly what they are. Yep. Even if the average person doesn't. I want to know, know how they took possession of them. Like, how would you catch them? They're so fast. That's also a valid question. Mm-hmm. And I, I assume they were just constructing them there, but sure, maybe they captured them somehow. True. 202-380-3699. A newly recruited search and rescue officer, Marshall Hunter was resigned to a life of rescuing wayward spacefarers and derelict satellites. But when a billionaire couple goes missing, his own ship is disabled during the rescue. With communication satellites suddenly failing and lunar mineral shipments disappearing in transit, the crew suspects it's more than a coincidence, and Hunter must choose between salvation and sacrifice to save his crewmates and their civilian charges. Frontier by Patrick Childs and BingBooks.com It is Free Talk Live, 202-380-3699. You're welcome to join the discussion. That's 202-380-3699. With you tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And if you haven't been paying attention, uh, the Crypto 6 are preparing to take on the state. We, we do not intend to back down. With a prospective trial date currently set at May of 2022 and looking increasingly likely that it's going to get pushed back to October or November of 2022. We're preparing our defense of liberty and financial freedoms 
against attempts by the state to take control of cryptocurrency by setting up the likes of Coinbase, Gemini, and Kraken as the gatekeepers of cryptocurrency. We think we must keep cryptocurrency away from the control of the federal government. It's the only way to keep them from continuing to drop bombs without consequence around the world, wreaking unbelievable devastation. So stand with us in our fight to put an end to war. Visit TheCrypto6.com to learn about how you can join the fight to defund the war machine. We aren't backing down. Are you going to stand with us? Check out TheCrypto6.com. In other news, though, UFOs are, are, have always been fascinating things to me. You know, I, I'm like, I, I don't want to say I'm like Mulder in the X-Files because he was a believer. I, I want to believe that extraterrestrials are visiting Earth simply because I recognize what a monumental thing that would be for humanity to go, oh, okay, it's time for us to stop acting like what happens on this stupid little rock actually matters. Mm-hmm. And I think that the existence of extraterrestrials would drive that point home in a way that they couldn't ignore. I mean, what what bothers me is that most human beings here on planet Earth still believe they were created in the image of some all-powerful creator that put them here on purpose to do what to do whatever the creator wanted them to do and that this They've accepted that we're not the center of the universe, but the average Christian or Muslim or Jew or whatever theist, monotheistic religion, they still believe themselves to be at the center of the universe's creator's universe. Yes. And that's nonsense. I mean, we're on a, we're tiny, infinitesimally small people on a tiny rock orbiting a random star in a random part of a random galaxy and there's hundreds of billions of all of these different things. I so, like what nobody thinks. Maybe he doesn't actually really think this, but he thinks this is the best uh, thing he could come up with for like uh, the creation story for the Church of the Invisible Hand. He doesn't think that you have to believe it if you're in the church. But anyways, he said that he thinks that we were just like spiritual, extra dimension, or you know, other dimensional beings, and we saw these monkey creatures on this planet. And we decide to hitch a ride in their bodies, and that's what we are. I, I, I don't know that that's wrong. It's not what I believe, because I don't see any reason to believe in any of the extra-dimensional or spiritual stuff. But mm-hmm. to each their own, right? I just think that's funny. At any rate, I, I look forward to the discovery of extraterrestrial life, uh, intelligence in particular. Because- I think that there's probably already been a discovery of it. But they're hiding it for some reason or another. I always think that too. Um, and I would, I would imagine it's because uh, maybe they came here to tell us, "Hey, you guys are really wrecking havoc down here. You need to make some changes." Or they wanted to come here to eliminate some of the ones here on Earth for what they're doing, or you know, because it was causing problems where they are. I could see why the government would have a vested interest in keeping it quiet if they did, you know, have knowledge of extraterrestrials, but. I don't think the government's very good at anything, and that include that would include keeping secrets. I, I can't imagine they could successfully keep something of that skill secret. I don't know. Don't they say that there's supposed to be alien life form, like Area 51? Isn't that wasn't that what that was about one time? They were talking about raiding Area 51. I remember that, but I don't remember what it was for. Well, I think some trolls were gonna like. Naruto run at Area 51 and get, you know, <laughs> nowhere picked off by snipers, yeah. but yeah, 
But what was the reason behind it? Why did they want to do that? They want to see what's there. Yeah. See if there's if there is life or like aliens and so, test tubes yeah. there. That's why they would get plucked off because they don't want anyone to know what's actually there. It could also be something way worse like MK Ultra or something. I mean, that's something the government admitted to doing. So who was it within the U.S. government saying that these could be extra-dimensional or extraterrestrial beings? Uh, Louis Elonzando, a former director of military's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Okay. So presumably someone who was, would, you know. You would know. Yeah, his job was to mm-hmm. keep track of these unidentified objects. Yep. What else do they have to say? Uh, he goes on and says, now the U.S. government considers it a credible line of inquiry to treat these unidentified aerial phenomena or UAPs as something extraterrestrial or even extradimensional. The former AATIP chief said the former official also mentioned a possibility of the UFOs being a creation of some Earth based intelligence that somehow managed to stay hidden from humanity all this time. Elonzando also said that he was not briefed on any successful attempts to replicate technology seen during UFO sightings by U.S. engineers. The former official also rejected the idea that the U.S. authorities have absolutely no evidence to suggest that the UFOs might be of alien origin. Hold on, run that by me again. He had... The former official also rejected the idea that the U.S. authorities have absolutely no evidence to suggest that the UFOs might be of alien origin. Okay, so his statement suggested that the U.S. government has evidence that they're of extraterrestrial origin. That sounds that way to me, yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I would not be upset to to learn that. But then it raises the question of, you know, what would these extraterrestrials' motives possibly be? Maybe they're curious. Maybe they just want to see who we are and what we're doing. Well, that's what humans do. When, when they find something they don't know, they go and they look at it they right they learn more about it and the u.s government was afraid so they said oh crap you're not coming here we're going to capture you and we're going to put you up if they could i i don't know that they you know would be able to i don't think our technology is anywhere near capable of what i've seen from some of these ufo videos it'd be really sad if the government was like catching them and doing experiments on them though because I, i everything i've ever heard about like a bigfoot or a skinwalker, or like a fairy, is that they don't want to be like captured and they don't want to be seen by humans. Like it's always like a oh crap, you're in my dimension, you can see me, and then they're like running away mm-hmm. type of thing. So why wouldn't an alien be different? Why would I would think an alien would want to you know not get well? No one wants and, to get captured and yeah. held hostage and experimented on and tortured. No one wants that. Yeah. But that's exactly what the U.S. government would do. That's what any government around the world would do. Upon the discovery of extraterrestrials or a crashed extraterrestrial ship or whatever, they would learn as much information as they could. That would make sense because they want to know what they're working with or what they're working against. And they want to replicate that technology in order to to have an advantage over other states. Can you imagine the aliens getting us and they're like, what's wrong with this one? This one's kind of slow. You know, I'm not sure. This one might be broken. Maybe it's a dud they sent up. Could be. Uh, The article continues. It says the U.S. government has evidence indicating that the most extraordinary UFOs are not human-made machines. He told the Washington Examiner while refusing to reveal any more information, citing security clearance obligations. It is not the first revelation Elonzondo has made to the press. Earlier in June, he told the Washington Post that UFOs demonstrate a keen interest 
and U.S. nuclear facilities, adding that similar patterns have been observed in UFO sightings overseas in other countries. That's crazy because that's the same thing with Bigfoots. Like, there are lots of Bigfoot sightings around uh, nu- nuclear facilities, government nuclear facilities. What? What what is a Bigfoot? Are we talking about the costume like that the Sasquatch? guy wore back in the <laughs> back when it was proven to be a hoax, and the guy who did it came out and said, "Oh yeah, that was me in the video." I know what you're talking about, but yeah, there are people that <laughs> will say that they've seen things that look like that, and it's always, I mean, like really often around military nuclear facilities. I find it exceedingly hard to believe that there's some sort of ape running around in North America that has never been photographed or videographed and well they're like multi-dimensional too that doesn't make it any easier to believe though (laughs) what are your thoughts 202-380-3699 more coming up this is free talk live It is Free Talk Live, 202-380-3699. You're welcome to join in, talk about whatever you want. That's 202-380-3699. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And we're talking about extraterrestrials here. And, you know, I if there are extraterrestrials, it's not likely that there would be intelligent extraterrestrial life capable of communicating with us that happened to exist at the same time that its existence overlapped with ours, right? But there would still likely be some sort of trace of them because humans, we, I mean, we view everything through the lens of humanity, but our whole existence is about 150,000 years at this point. And if you, if you operate on the assumption that you're far more likely to be in the middle of your species' existence than the beginning or the end, because there's a lot more middle than there is beginning or end, then most estimates say something along the lines of humans are going to remain for another 150 to 200,000 years. And that's not a very wide time frame when we're talking about a planet that is four and a half billion years old and a universe that is more than 13 and a half billion years old. So the chances of all of these things happening concurrently is extremely low, even if they did happen at all. So I don't expect us to actually find extraterrestrials, but it would be amazing if we did. Maybe the universe is full of life. I think that it is. I think that they know we're here and that they're watching us going, wow, those people really need some help. But we're not going down there because we don't want to get involved in that. I tend to think that, you know, any intelligent species that arose on a planet would would be similar in its arc to humans, Mm -hmm. simply because the nature of the universe requires, you know, predators to exist and to eat prey. And humans are predators and that this gave us violent tendencies, which humans then turned on each other. And I tend to think that would have happened among any extraterrestrial. Yeah, I wonder if they would have the same like greedy tendencies tendencies i don't know if they would actually look at us and think wow you people are evil i don't know would they not have any um would they not be susceptible to greed and power lust i would hope that they would not treat their planet or their world like we do 
like they would take care of it and they would respect it and they would appreciate it as to where, you know, all we do is tear things up and build stuff and make things higher and build, put more roads down. and Continuous wars. Yeah, exactly. Just spend more money that is pointless that we don't need to spend. Well, if we are being judged by extraterrestrials, I would hope that it came from a perspective of, hey, yeah, you people are lunatics, but you know what? 50,000 years ago, so were we. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, maybe they're a really advanced civilization. I don't know. Well, they would have to be more advanced than us, like significantly more so. Mm-hmm. E- even if it's they're just coming from the nearest star, they're they're traveling at speeds that we can't. Yeah, I was like, their little machines go really fast, so yeah, <laughs> their UFOs move. And if you've ever seen any of these verified, by the way, video footages of unidentified aerial phenomena as captured by you know U.S. military pilots, they they do move in ways that Earth ships don't Mm-mm. and earth ships can't like full on 90 degree sudden turns it's it's insane to watch some of this and i would really appreciate it if there are any callers out there that have seen this or have like any information that call in and say hey i've seen this or this is what the truth is or whatever you think the truth is you should let us know yeah were you on the show with me or was it captain when this guy called in and his name was like oh i forgot it was like dr Dr. Dickie Ghost Hunter? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, it was you. Uh, I, I was here for that. <laughs> Dr. Dickie Ghost Hunter. I was like, oh, what was I, his name? It was like Dr. Dirty Daddy. I don't know why I was thinking that. I yeah. very much remember that call, and I remember giving him my... He, he made the claim that he had video evidence of the existence of ghosts and goblins or... Yeah, what? goblins. Goblins. Yeah. At, at the very least, ghosts. And I provided him my email address. I said, okay, then email it to me. And he never did. So wow. shocking. I was right. waiting for and yeah. he emailed it and it wasn't real. But no, I would have talked about that prior to the show. Right. I mean, he didn't email me at all because he has no video of ghosts because ghosts don't exist. Well, they're hard to see, right? <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, they're easier to catch your own film than they are to see. But the idea of ghosts is weird to me, right? Because if they have if they have mass then they can be measured and studied, quantified, proven to be there because there is mass there and you can measure that. But if they don't have mass, then nothing is tethering them to the Earth, which is constantly moving around the solar system and the galaxy, and they would be left 80,000 miles that way out drifting in space. So you mean like um, if, like, say, my grandma died and I thought that I saw her shape or form at the end of my bed and i I said oh i saw a ghost and that would be my grandma you mean you don't think that those exist is that what you're saying that i do not believe that ghosts exist okay well they might i don't believe that they don't but at the moment i see no reason to believe that they do okay when i stopped being a christian i got really scared about the thought of death like i was probably like 20 years old and anytime i think about the fact that i would die one day it would be like really scary i think i brought that up one time and uh, I started reading anything I could about like near death experiences or like people who died and came back to life. And a lot of them have really similar experiences where they see their like dead relatives and friends. And some of them, they, they did a whole study on groups of people who had near death experiences where they saw dead friends that they didn't know were dead. Like for some reason, they didn't know this person was dead. But that, yeah, it's like a whole subcategory. Like somebody was like, yeah, and I saw Julie while I was like dead. And they're like, yeah, you didn't know she died while you were in surgery. Just like, I don't know. 
So I had a, a friend who was uh, telling me actually at Porkfest last year, and she did this tattoo, and she was telling me that every time that she sees me, she sees an old woman with me, a spirit with me. And she described her like, to a T, and I was like, oh, that sounds like my granny. And she was like, yeah, she's with you all the time. She looks over you. And I said, okay, that's good to know. And um, so it was just interesting. And I, I was like, oh, well, I guess I could ride in the carpool lane because, you know, granny's with me. But yeah, I don't know if that will point. hold up in court. I, I, I tend to think it probably Probably not. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. Oh, and I was Googling something. I wanted to know the Spanish word of, because I've heard lots of people who have, like, Mexican relatives, like my ex-husband. Um, they've said that, like, in the country of Mexico, people see these goblins, and there was a name for them, and I couldn't remember it. Chupacabra? No, it's it's a duende. Uh, D-U-E-N-D-E. So, if anybody and, has and ever seen that? a... It's a little goblin that runs around the countryside of Mexico, and lots of people see them. What is a goblin? Like, a little humanoid, a little tiny thing that comes and steals your, like, lumber. Is it like the away? thing in Gizmo? Like, in that little show? You know, Giz- Gremlins? Is it Gremlins? Yeah, Grim- oh. Gremlins. Gizmo was adorable. Yeah, right? <laughs> but I, I remember Gizmo. Is it like a gremlin? I, I guess so. I've never seen one, but I've heard lots of people talk about it. That's what I about think about. Him. I've never seen that movie either, uh, Gremlins. Uh, gremlins 2 is definitely worth watching. I don't think I even remember the first Gremlins, but the second one's really funny. I just remember having the little Gizmo doll. I used to I think Furbies. Be awesome. yeah. I thought Furbies were from Gremlins because I never saw the movie. I was like, oh yeah, it's the thing from Gremlins. They do look similar. Now that you mention, I've never really thought about it, mm-hmm. but I will say that uh, you know, pareidolia is a thing, and that's where people's eyes and ears, ears convince them that they see and hear things that aren't there. And I imagine that's the case with a lot of the, these experiences. There used to be one ghost hunter show in particular that I actually did like because they would actually go in and investigate and rebuild the circumstances of the people in order to show that what they what looked like a shadowy figure standing over there was actually just a reflection of this doorway frame that had just been positioned this way with the exact right lighting over here. And it was really good. So they never found any ghost in that show? No, no. But, well, they, you know. but they did definitively. Then you have these other ghost hunter shows who like run around in basements with like Blair Witch Project style screaming how terrified they are and accomplishing absolutely nothing. And that so would be me. Ghost hunter shows are really hit or miss. <laughs> but that one, whatever it was called, was really good. Well, you know, I think that the government, if I was the government, I would make people not believe in magic. I think that would be my magic or, you know, things outside of what they wanted you to think. That would be a good strategy if I was the government. I, well, I they would in... just utilize magic for their own benefit. They probably do, but they don't want you to know about it. I, I don't think the U.S. government has witchcraft powers. <laughs> they might, granted. But, I mean, didn't they pay people, like, to stare at goats? Well, they do. To stare at goats? Wait, what? I don't know what you're talking there about. There was a movie called Men Who Stare at Goats that was supposedly based on the CIA program where they were trying to train people to kill goats by staring at them and wishing them dead. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to have been successful. Well, um, it was a big hit, I guess. Chris Reitman had told me about that the U.S. government was studying people's um, ability to remote view, and they got like, uh, like you know, they, evidence that it was working. Remote they have viewing. certainly studied that in the past. I will say, however, that there is an ongoing challenge where some rich person is offering, I think, five hundred thousand dollars to anyone who can definitively prove the existence of psychic abilities, and there's been no takers. So, for whatever that's worth, 
here's the guy with the money. He wants you to do this in a controlled way to actually prove it's real and no takers. 202-380-369. After a devastating war, the alien visitors were driven back and their willing human collaborators were left behind to face the music. When Emma Jean Anderson's ex-lover springs her from prison, Nathan Foster and his 14-year-old nephew Ben are tasked with bringing the pair to justice. An easy enough job until they discover something is inside Emogene and the fate of the planet hangs in the balance. The Family Business by Mike Coopery from BainBooks.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. 202-380-3699. If you want to join the discussion, that's 202-380-3699. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. It's the place to go to learn about cryptocurrency, whether you're new to Bitcoin or whether you're you know, a Bitcoin expert going back for the last 10 years. There's still something for you at Bitcoin.com. If you don't know anything about it, if somehow you still don't know anything about Bitcoin, well, they have videos there that in just a few short minutes will teach you the basics. And, of course, there's a lot to learn beyond the basics, but this will help you get started. So check that out at Bitcoin.com. It's all on a sleek, easy-to-use modern website. And if you already are knowledgeable about cryptocurrency, they still have news. I mean, there's constantly news items in the cryptocurrency world, news.bitcoin.com gathers them, writes about them. It's your source for everything about cryptocurrency, bitcoin.com. With you tonight, I think I did this a moment ago. I I, I was distracted. I have to order something for that. And I was doing that during the break and then had to talk. That's okay. We're still here. So extraterrestrials are in the news. And I have a related story uh, from Fox News of all people. I mean, obviously, I learned tonight that MSNBC, in addition to just being terrible uh, at having news in general, they also won't allow me to use their site as long as I'm using an ad blocker, and I'm not going to turn it off. Oh, yeah, so I wouldn't either. Screw them. Fox News gives me a warning saying, hey, we noticed you're using an ad blocker. I mean, click this to make the window go away, but it would sh- sure be nice if you disabled it. I'm not disabling it. <laughs> Capitol Hill lawmakers said Wednesday that UFOs could pose a pressing threat to America's national security as the polls emerge. P-O-L-S? Politicians, I guess? P-O-L-S? Yeah. I don't know. I've I've never seen anyone actually shorten politician in a serious way to be Pauls. But whatever. As the politicians emerge from a highly classified briefing with Navy and FBI officials on the unexplained phenomena. Ahead of the release of a highly anticipated Pentagon report on unidentified flying objects before the month's end, members of the House Intelligence Committee received a hush-hush sneak preview inside a CIF, or Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility. As for the existence of extraterrestrial life, the lawmakers largely left the secrets inside the surveillance-proof room, declining to tell reporters what they learned. Well, that's certainly not going to raise anyone's alarm bells. I mean, if... If they learned that there were no extraterrestrials, wouldn't they say that? 
Well, maybe they didn't want to say either way. Maybe they had it planned before they ever went in that they weren't going to say one way or another so that it, whatever happened, they already had a plan. That's probably what they did, but denying, if they could say, no, these are definitely not extraterrestrials, it seems like that would do people a lot of good to hear. But they probably have no idea. That's also valid. Mm -hmm. They don't like doing people good. Well, they say they do, though, right? Mm -hmm. And it's an easy argument to make. Hey, look, if you know there aren't extraterrestrials, then say that. Instead, they say, well, we have no comment. But some did voice concerns that the UFOs, which may be espionage assets controlled by Americans' foreign adversaries, that doesn't seem likely, in a possible explanation just slightly less terrifying than the vanguard of an alien invasion, could pose a danger to national security. We take the issue of unexplained aerial phenomena seriously to the extent that we're dealing with the safety and security of U.S. military personnel or the national security interests of the United States so we want to know what we're dealing with, said Representative Sean Patrick Maloney. I think it's important to understand that there are legitimate questions involving the safety and security of our personnel. And they just go on and on about that. There's not much. It's just a lot of quoting them talking about how important it is to keep the military safe. They say they're, they're looking forward to having a public hearing at some point. It's important to keep the military safe, but yes, we're going to fund both sides of wars and send them to wars over oil. Yeah, it, it, it's stupid, right? And they bring up national security just an alarming number of times in this article. The stigma is gone, said Mike Quigley. Now that's, I would hate to have that last name. Quigley. Yeah, now that's as big a change in policy as I've witnessed about this issue in my lifetime. So the fact that they are taking this sort of thing seriously for the first time I think that's important. I mean, I would agree through throughout most of my life, UFOs, I mean, they've even changed the term because the term UFO just has so much baggage attached to it. But there, there's always been talk of UFO and it's just been kooky people who talk about it. Right. But then you maybe have, that's because the aliens have chosen to go to the kooky people because they believe. And they're like, oh, this one, it, this one might be OK. That could be the case, but it's. It's more accepted now to talk about I, – I still use the term UFO because, I mean, it, it is an unidentified right. flying object. I'm not saying that it's extraterrestrial in or, origin, it's but it is, by definition, yeah. a UFO. Yes. I don't think that redefining it to unidentified aerial phenomena is necessarily more helpful. It, but is it UAP? Yeah. That's so much harder to remember for some reason. Like, I, every time somebody says it's been renamed, I'm like, what was it, though? I can't like ATF or something. I don't know. Well, they mean literally the same thing. Yep. Only they say aerial instead of flying and phenomena instead of object. But it's literally exactly the same term. Aerial makes me think swimming, like the mermaid. Oh. <laughs> From Little Mermaid. I love it. Referencing the 1997 sci-fi flick Contact, adapted from a Carl Sagan novel. There's not, let's get back into your article. This is just Fox News. There was no point whatsoever in them taking the time to write this or publish it to their site. I learned absolutely nothing from that article, except that, you know, there was a hearing and they're not saying what was talked about. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. No, that was not helpful, Fox. Me and Ian read an article that was supposed to be about, I think it was the same thing, but we, we thought it was going to go into some new government report that was coming out, and then the article was just saying, 
there's going to be a government report about UFOs. And I never heard anything else about it. Yeah, the Pentagon is supposedly releasing said report before the end of the month. Oh, okay. But that's that's the only useful thing I got out of this entire Fox News article that was quoting representatives and senators. And, and that report is going to tell us if they exist or they do not? Well, we know that unidentified aerial phenomena exist. No, no, no but if there is uh, aliens on them, or are they just going to say, oh, they're from Russia? If there are extraterrestrials involved here and the U.S. government knows that, I don't think they're going to drop that hammer on people okay. at this time. Well, they might. That's too bad. We just came out of a pandemic. Why not? It's so strange to me to think that we have to learn this through these politician people. Like, why can't we learn it, you know, through scientists? That would make more sense, right? But the scientists aren't the ones out there flying the jets that are encountering these phenomena. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's it. But we, we do have weird stuff coming out of NASA occasionally, like them cutting their the video feed and say, oh, no, it was just this weird glitch that occurred. And I don't remember the details about this, but there was there was some cause to believe that the feed had been cut intentionally because something had flown into view that they didn't want to be seen. But there's all sorts of, you know, audio clips of astronauts talking back to NASA. And suddenly NASA says something like, you know, switch to effectively code speak they they say it differently but that's what you hear and then suddenly the astronauts start speaking in entirely different ways different languages no no they're oh, that's still, interesting they're I'd still never speaking heard that. english but it, it becomes very very clear immediately that they're using highly coded language to convey a message instead of just saying oh yeah there seems to be something on the ship weird i mean and i don't know whether or not any of these are legitimate or you know fake is but NASA, it's fascinating. Is NASA government or is it just basically funded by the government? I think they're government. Mm-hmm. Well, they're at least funded by the government, but it's, you know, they're not owned by the military. And I think the military wants to own NASA. But NASA's mission supposedly is science and not military. So is NASA privately owned and they're just funded by the government? No, they are a government agency. Okay. As far as I know. I don't know. I to be honest, I don't know. Well, look it up. But I can't just Google stuff. Yeah, I'll oh, Google yeah. <laughs> What are your thoughts? 202, maybe you know. Is NASA just a government agency or a agency that was created by the government? Is there even a difference? 202-380-3699. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Angie, this is your last week for a while of being here in the studio for Free Talk Live. Of course, we'll be doing the show from the festival, but did you wait to leave tomorrow so that you could do one more episode of the show? No, we actually, that would have been great though, wouldn't it? No. I wasn't sure because there was some confusion about whether or not you were even in town, and it seemed that you, you... just like screw it i'm going up now yeah i and wanted to no one but, would blame you but we have a we have a farm so you know i had to have coverage for the animals we're leaving on friday morning okay i thought it was the 17th that you were going up no, so. the 18th okay yeah anyway we're talking about fork fest which is coming up uh the porcupine freedom festival officially starts in five days mm-hmm. fork fest 
unofficially starts in five days as well because it's running concurrently with the Porcupine Freedom Festival. But anyway, Porkfest by itself is June the 28th through July the 4th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. And, you know, I'm itching to go there and be there and to do it. It's that that was how I first came to New Hampshire was that someone invited me up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival because they had free tickets and they needed some help bending. This was Will Coley of Muslims for Liberty. I didn't know anything about the Free State Project. I didn't know anything about Fork Fest or the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I didn't even know who Ian Freeman was. I just knew, okay, sure, I've got nothing to do this summer. Might as well. Right? I remember seeing you that year that you were there, and I was I was fascinated by you, and I was like, who is that? Who, who is that? And like nobody really knew a lot about you, and I was like, well, who does she come with? And I thought that you were dating Will. And they were like, nope, I don't think so. I no. think it's just a helper. And I was like, oh, okay, because then I met his wife. And I was like, I'm, I'm a little confused. Yeah, just friends. And I didn't even know about Fork Fest. But as it happens, that was the first year of Fork Fest. So I got to you know be there for yep. that. that. That was great. But, you know, that was. And then three years ago, as of, I think, the 21st, I came to Fork Fest. And I just didn't leave New Hampshire after that. I get it. So... I'm I'm itching to go back to where it all started, and that's June the 28th through July the 4th. You got to come check it out. No one's in charge. There's no ticket cost. It's just libertarians hanging out and having a good time, and there's no real activism going on there or anything like that. I mean, there's sharing of ideas and all of that awesome stuff, but it's not like we're going there to accomplish anything or have seminars or anything. Some people might be, but that we don't really know what they're planning, but... It's not likely that people are planning seminars for ForkFest. It's it's a party. That's why the website is ForkFest.party. Check it out, ForkFest.party. I can't wait. I've been looking forward to it for essentially since the end of ForkFest last year, if I'm being honest. But let's go to the phones. we got Brian calling from Pennsylvania. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, so uh, you guys talk a lot about Bitcoin. Um, so I, I heard about one, one, one of you, some of your hosts or whatever got in trouble with like the feds coming in and whatever over Bitcoin or like molesting children or whatever. But but like yeah, I'm well, hold, 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 hold that's up. a big difference. Hold up, because there there is a lot to unpack there. Um, whoa, I was one whoa, of these whoa, hosts. Well, I have I have a question. Well, I want to clarify the situation for you. I was one of these people. Let me, let me clarify. Let me clarify what I said. Let me clarify what I said. Well, I'm going to put you on hold. To cl- so just sit tight for a moment. I want to clarify the situation. There were three hosts of Free Talk Live who were indicted by the federal government in matters related to cryptocurrency, uh, namely Bitcoin. There was, like five years ago, another raid on the Free Talk Live studio where they were searching for child pornography and they found absolutely none. It's a complete bogus story, and it was a result of the FBI being upset at Free Talk Live. And it was dropped. And the, yeah, and all of that was ultimately dropped. In fact, they've started returning the equipment that they took from people because there's, it was bogus from the start. So go ahead with your question. Yeah, no. So you know, Bitcoin scams, for child molesting, you know, whatever, whatever it was. But th- there's a pretty big difference between those two things. He knows that. I'm sure he does. I don't think he's even still with us anymore. Anyway, Brian, I, I think we lost him. Uh, nah, thanks for the okay. call. It gave us a, a 
Because I've seen that over and over and over in news articles or just on the internet. Isn't this the guy who had child pornography or was a child molester or whatever? No. First of all, most of these people who are talking about the, the case against the Crypto 6 haven't even bothered to look at the freaking indictment. No, they have no idea what they're talking about. They're just baselessly speculating what they think may or may not have occurred based on something they may or may not have read on WMUR or in the Keen Sentinel. The indictment is publicly available. Anyone who's curious can go and look at it. Mm -hmm. It's not secretive and there's nothing in it about child pornography. And at least one of these news stories that I happen to see did mention the previous raid about child pornography, which again was like five years ago. They've had plenty of time to go through everything they seized, and they found not a trace of child pornography. They didn't even go through one of the computers they seized because it was in a sealed and dated evidence bag. Well, we don't, I, I wouldn't put it past them to lie. I mean, cops lie all the time. If they want to make you think they didn't go through it, it's not hard to seal it in a bag and post date it or predate it, I guess. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't necessarily trust that, but they knew they weren't going to find child pornography in the first place. That, that was a targeted attack in order to silence Free Talk Live, who, had, exactly just, right. who had just broken the story about the FBI distributing child pornography. And in that fa- that's a fact. Yes. And in fact, they were the largest distributor of child pornography in, I think, the year 2018. So people who want to be all, um, you know, up in arms because they think this lie about Ian, that he was had uh, CP on his computer, and are just, oh, I'm just going to ignore the, the fact that the government was running uh, Playpen, the biggest uh, CP website on the dark web. Well, they they're- weren't just running Playpen. They, they're running several of these child pornography distribution sites. Wow, I didn't know that. I knew they're they, the largest. They're the largest child porn distributor on the planet. I knew they added more servers to the website too. I didn't know there was more than to one. To better website. serve out that child porn. Way Make to them go, faster. FBI. I mean, and, and these are the people who are accusing us of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The ones who are distributing child porn. You can accuse me of a lot, but you can't accuse me of that. Yep. And that's a that's a pretty big deal, in my opinion, for the FBI to be doing that. That's extremely immoral. There are some things that you're just not going to be able to justify morally. And I think that tends to be one of them. They're supposedly distributing child pornography to people in order to catch end, some. end the distribution of child pornography. And in the course of doing this, they became literally the largest producer or, or distributor Making, of child pornography on the planet. Which makes child pornography more valuable which would make more people want to put kids in movies yeah knowing that you have someone as powerful as the fbi to distribute those movies for you perhaps it's absolutely insane though and none of that ever went anywhere you'll have more luck trying to make the baseless argument that ian allows nazis on his show because i've seen that as well isn't this the guy who has the the podcast that lets nazis come on it's like okay first of all you literally don't even know what you're talking about. There is a podcast of the show, but it's not a podcast. It's a radio show. If you don't even know that basic level of information, just shut up. And he fired Chris Campbell. 202-380-3699. It's Free Talk Live. 
Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, voluntarius.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, The Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications, libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarius. It is Free Talk Live, 202-380-3699. If you want to join the discussion, that's 202-380-3699. With you on this Wednesday night edition of Free Talk Live, which is She Talk Live, it's Aria, Angie, and Bonnie. And let's go to the phones. We've got Matt calling from the front porch of the uh, of the place that I'm currently not allowed to go. <laughs> Matt, what's on your mind tonight? On. Hey, Ari. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Hi, hey, Matt. So I'm hey. calling to talk about. I'm gonna. Hey, I'm calling to talk about alien stuff because okay. I love that you brought that up on the show. I wish you brought it up on Thursday, which is my night, so we could talk about it. Maybe we'll talk about um, it tomorrow night too. So I'm not um, there on Thursdays. Oh, uh, that's true. But just for uh, for the listeners, I, I am on Thursday nights on Free Talk Live, and uh, we can talk about paranormal stuff all day long but i am a witness to about 30 different ufos um of uh the the scariest closest ones were the ones that i that i've seen since i've lived in new hampshire um and, really you've uh, seen them here yeah. in Keene or in other parts of new hampshire yes well i had one right over my head right coming back into Keene from walpole when i worked up in walpole um that was really really freaky and i'll tell you all about it someday but, is um, Walpole like? Sorry, would you get to Walpole from like Washington Street, or which direction is that? Uh, you, you would go, go toward my place. To, oh. Yeah, toward, towards Angie's house. So, oh, just keep um, going straight. It's actually on the way back from Angie's house. So uh, right by Smith Medical, you know where the City Keen Limit yeah. is, where where it was. But um, so uh, just to answer Bonnie's question, NASA stands for National Aeronautics and Space Administration. It is a an independent government agency, whatever that is. Um, okay. Basically, the taxpayers pay for it. Um, what we call it in the UFO world is never a straight answer. So, um, and Aria, you said something about um, how kooks used to be the ones that believed in UFOs. You know, considering all the stuff that the conspiracy theorists have been saying lately coming true, I think it's time we start paying closer attention to what the conspiracy theorists are saying than the people who are calling them conspiracy theorists in the first place. And that goes. I don't disagree. I may have phrased it poorly. What I meant was, you know, 30 years or just 15 years ago, if you believed in the existence of UFOs, you were considered to be a kook. Mm -hmm. But that isn't the case today. Well, I I don't think so. You know, I I wonder if that's true, because. You know, you got to remember the word conspiracy theorist, the term conspiracy theorist was actually invented by the feds so that people would be more willing to dismiss anybody asking questions about the JFK assassination. So It's funny because the feds are currently literally cons- or theorizing a conspiracy about the Crypto Six. They're literally yeah. conspiracy theorists. They, they are the conspiracy theorists, and they've got everything turned around. The thing is they have more... Um, 
they have more marketing ability. They can tell, you know, the six o'clock evening news guy to say something disparaging about people believing a certain way. And next thing you know, the entire public opinion is turned against those people thinking that certain way. So, Matt, I assume you know, you've seen some of these uh, media compilations where it shows just various news anchors from various parts of the United States all saying exactly the same things in exactly yeah. the same ways. They're literally puppets, right? So, yeah, it certainly uh, I mean, seems that way. Yeah, they're they're just they're they're you know we call minarets. They're they're on strings and they just get told what to say and they say it. Um, like cops just get told what to do and they do it. The guys that raided our place, um, all they knew is that they were getting paid triple time and they might get to kill somebody today. So uh, you know this is this is the type of people that make up the government and news establishment, if you will. Um, yeah. uh, and it doesn't surprise me. There's a lot of them. And sadly, there's a whole bunch of people. There's a sucker born every minute, right? And there's a lot of minutes. So um, that said, Matt, there's a I lot of question. people out there who are easily uh, persuaded to think whatever they're told. What's that, Angie? Um, when you said you've had like 30 inter- encounters with like UFOs or you've seen them, how do you know that that's what they were above you? Like, How did you um, determine because, that that's well, what they were? When I first, uh, just, just for one, because they do things that, a human design craft simply can't do like if there were a human pilot in that thing and it made the maneuvers that it was making with human pilot in it, it would liquefy that person. Literally. Have they always been at night? Um, no. Um, actually when I moved to New Hampshire, when when I first moved to New Hampshire, uh, we lived up on a hill, um, in Fitzwilliam way up on a hill in Fitzwilliam. You go down over the Massachusetts, uh, like the Berkshires and mass was out there. Vermont was on the right mass was in the South. And, um, there was a resident UFO and you could see it often. Oh, wow. And a lot of people did a lot of our guests and all the free staters would come and they'd stare at him like, what is that? <laughs> it's a UFO. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Um, so, and it would sit there and just kind of tumble. So yeah, that, that would usually be, you could see that in the middle of the day around noon, but usually you'd see it at like, I don't know, three, four, five, six in the afternoon. Sometimes it'd be out there late at night and it would move over towards Brattleboro and back down towards like Athol and, and so, yeah, um, daytime, nighttime, I, I think most people just don't look up. You know, when I was a kid, I wanted to see a UFO so bad. I was so intrigued by it. I never saw one. I spent my entire childhood becoming an expert at airplanes because that's all I ever saw. And then one day uh, when I was about 35, um, I was coming out of work and with my assistant right behind me, I locked up the place behind me, middle of the night, 10 o'clock at night. And uh, there were 18 blinking lights on the horizon right in front of us and just sitting there doing nothing, acting very strange. And we stared at them for a long time. And um, it seems like a lot of these places prefer to, you know, a a lot of these places are wilderness areas where these sightings occur. And it seems like Rogers Campground. Yeah, because there's less light pollution and all of that. It seems like Rogers Campground would be a pretty good spot for this. I think last year people were actually able to see the white of the Milky Way out there. Mm, Yep, yep. Are you planning on going to ForkFest, and have you ever seen anything there? I haven't seen anything there. I haven't seen anything there. But, well, you know, I'll run this past you. I've actually seen a lot more than 30 UFOs. I've seen 
I don't know, hundreds, because I used to hunt coyotes, right? And I'd lay on my back in the middle of the night with my AR-15, and I had a night vision scope on it, and I would point it up at the sky because there's no dogs, and it's just a dead night, and I'm just basically out there meditating at this point. And you point the night vision at the sky, and if you've ever pointed night vision at the night sky, you get to see about 20, 30 times more stars than you see um, regularly. So I did not know that one thing. Yeah. Cause it, it absorbs, it, it just amplifies everything that's out there, including the stuff you can't see with the naked eye. It's all night vision does. So when you're pointing those at the sky and you're looking through at night, look, and you'll see like satellites go over and you'll see, you know, planes go by and they're really bright. Um, but every once in a while you'll see something that looks like a satellite and then it'll stop and then it'll kind of hang all right. That doesn't happen in space. You, you, can't, you can't do that in space. And at that distance, stopping and hanging a right is probably going from 50,000 miles an hour to zero in a few seconds and then back up to 50,000 miles an hour in another couple seconds. So to, to be able to do that, no human invention is doing that. I'm not an expert at airplanes, but I know my way around an airplane. I know a lot about sure. the space shuttle and the space station. I love space. I'm I'm intrigued to no end with the moon and Mars. And I've done my homework about astronomy and outer space and things, and I love it. And I'm telling you, we have nothing that can do what I've seen done by these things. And there's I mean, I agree with ones. that assessment, and I see no reason to believe otherwise, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're extraterrestrial. It doesn't, and for that for that matter, those could be a very intelligent life form that were born and raised right here on Earth and always were here. They just stay hidden. Who knows? Maybe there is a, maybe there. I don't think there's hollow because we have so much gravity. There's got to be a ball of iron in the middle, just like scientists say. Sure. I would think so. Um, maybe they're on the knows? other side of the moon. Well, Matt, thank you so much for the call. Uh, you didn't answer the question. Answer the question real quick. Are you going to be at Forkfest this year? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Well, maybe we'll see something there. I, I certainly don't think that I've ever seen a UFO or a flying object that I couldn't identify and be reasonably certain was some sort of plane or something. But, you know, that's right. I don't spend a lot of time looking up, especially at night. I'm in here doing something or not sitting outside looking up to see if I see anything. So 202-380-3699. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, 202-380-3699. If you want to join the discussion, you're welcome to take control of the airwaves because that's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We empower you to talk about whatever is on your mind and get that message out there onto 200-ish radio stations as well as on the internet and our podcasts and all sorts of other places. And if you value that, if you think it's useful, you might consider joining the AMP program you can find it at amp.freetalklive.com. It's money that is used strictly to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. It only takes five bucks per month to join it. And Libertarian Banker is tonight's amplifier, but Libertarian Banker chooses to give more than just five bucks per month, and we appreciate that. Libertarian Banker does $10 per month and is a gold-level member, so there are tiers if you really, really like the show and you want to give more. That option is certainly there. So check it out, amp.freetalklive.com. Help us get on more radio stations, reach larger audiences, and all of that fantastic stuff. The AMP program is what makes that possible. 
There's also a number of cool little, little perks like an app-only group in the Matrix server and an app-only Facebook group that I don't think anyone's really like using, but maybe someone is. But that shouldn't be the reason you join. The re- reason you should join would be that you like Free Talk Live and you want to reach a larger audience. So thank you so much, Libertarian Banker, for your contributions. I hope you're enjoying the show. And let's go to the phones. We've got Seth calling. Seth, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, uh, hello. So I'd like to talk about pedophilia through the Jewish perspective. And I noticed you were talking about pedophilia earlier. Um, from what I've seen, anti-pedophilia is rooted in anti-Semitism. It is rooted in anti-Semitism. Um, can I ask, so? are you a Jew? Sorry. Yes, I am. Okay. How How is it rooted in anti-Semitism? Oh, okay, so... Uh, the rabbis practice, especially the orthodox ones, um, when they circumcise babies, they have a practice where they where, where they suck the blood. Oh, you said suck. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Seth. All right, sorry. W- when did I cut off? Where they suck the blood. I've heard of this. They take the blood into their mouths. Uh, yes, of course. And and so is that true? Uh, Yes, yes, especially in the Orthodox Bonnie, community. Bonnie nodded. Very uh, no one listening can see that, but she, okay, that's um, a bit gross. But but many many Nazis um, will slam the Jewish community for doing this practice, and um, Jews dis- disproportionately are pedophiles, and it, it is um, that's why I say that anti-pedophilia is rooted in anti-Semitism. And so I just like I to drive that, that point home. I don't think that that would make them pedophiles just because they do the, it's called oral suction circumcision. I haven't found anything about, oh, okay. Well, no, no. It's a symbol of the Jews' covenant with God. It's not sexual. Well, in the Talmud, um, it is permissible for a Jew to marry a three-year-old. And so that I is something that us Jews, that especially true. the Orthodox, hold true. Not having. Uh, excuse me. Are, are you a Jew? I'm not convinced that you're a Jew. She's read the Torah. I have. You. Anyway, Seth, uh, thank you so much for the call tonight. Uh, I don't know <laughs> how to respond to that. I don't know where the whole Jews are disproportionately pedophiles thing came from. Whether or not he had any statistics to back that up, I I have to imagine he probably doesn't. Because of you just don't hear about that many pedophiles being Jews. It's usually, you know, some creepy sixty year old grandfather up the street in, you know, Dublin or whatever. It's not not generally, oh, this this Jew got in trouble for it. Well, maybe they wouldn't call attention to the fact, but this is just a strange strange call. They and might have enough money to get out of it without the the attention. That could be as well. I don't think there's anything in any part of Jewish law that allows a man to marry a three-year-old? No, I don't think that would be the case either. Yeah, I, I have certainly never heard of that. But let's keep going because this is – we've got David calling from San Francisco. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, Hori. I, I was interested in Bitcoin, but just as a, to kind of back you up about the pedophile junk, if you know about rape, they say that rape is – 
not a sexual thing. It's a power thing. And pedophiles typically are people who got beaten as children and are in some way trying to get even. And so it's a, a just a nasty mess where beating your children are going to lead to pedophilia or lead to rape and um, uh, lead to rapists. So I mean, the I best case scenario lot. seems to be for, for a kid who was beaten, the best case scenario seems to be that they end up either perpetuating that and beating their own children, or right. especially in the case of females, they become convinced that their boyfriend or their husband or whoever doesn't actually love them unless they're beating the hell out of them. Yeah, it's a strange, yeah, and it's, there's, it's, it's very strange that, uh, I, I can't even imagine why that previous caller came up with that joke. But I, I was more interested in the Bitcoin. Um, as I understand it, I was reading an article six or eight months ago about Bitcoin and the amount of power, the electricity that they use for the, the mining. And uh, part of the article mentioned that I think there were six different uh, coal-fired plants in northern China uh, that were being used for uh, for Bitcoin mining. Apparently, the the contracts on those plants made it cheaper to to use Chinese electricity than, you know, good old all-American electricity. But um, there's uh, a couple of days ago, there a nuclear power plant down near Hong Kong, which is way south in China. Uh, uh, started to have some performance problems, and now uh, just in the last few hours, uh, the uh, Chinese have admitted that there were some uh, fuel rods that are damaged, and that uh, uh, the company that has been contracted to handle the safety issues of it uh, contacted the U.S. government uh, asking for uh, emergency advice. And it's gotten into a kind of a foreign policy issue because the Chinese electrical grid is not considered uh, something that's considered safe by the U.S. government. So that if the U.S. government gets involved with giving advice to the US, to the Chinese grid, uh, it could be a strategic. Where, where are you going with this, policy. David? Well, I'm just uh, worried that people down in uh, Hong Kong are great Bitcoin uh, miners. And whether it, part of the problem with this nuclear plant is they still haven't shut it down because they're they're saying there's so much need for electricity in Hong Kong and and that southern region that they can't shut the plant down. And so I'm worried that uh, Bitcoin power grid is being used in this nuclear power plant, and that the excuse to develop more value is leading it to. They they are refusing to shut down the power plant because of. Uh, it's not your power to... plant. What do you care? Do you live in well, Hong Kong? You, uh, Forty million people live near there. Right. Do the people of and Hong Kong it's... want the power plant shut down? Uh, I hope you're not saying that leave a dangerous situation go because somebody some greedheads want to create Bitcoin. Uh, I don't. Uh, it's illegal. Know. I don't know that there's any reason to believe that the situation is dangerous. Nuclear energy well, is the safest form of energy we and the safest and cleanest yeah. form of energy we've yet determined. It's illegal to uh, mine Bitcoin in China now. So not, I, not Hong Kong, though. Oh, yeah, but he was saying in China there was like these six oil, I mean, coal power plants. Coal, right. Those have probably been like shut down if it's not in Hong Kong because, yeah, 
Is it illegal to mine cryptocurrency in China? I know it's illegal for a brick and mortar business to sell cryptocurrency to people. That was like the new thing was that mining became illegal. I mean, obviously, there's probably underground people doing it, but it's harder to do underground things in China than it is in the United States. David, thank you so much for the call tonight. I, I don't see any reason to believe that a nuclear power plant near Hong Kong is really a problem. I mean, we, there are a lot of nuclear power plants currently functioning around the world, and the last time we heard of any sort of issue with one was the one in Japan in 2007. I remember that. And that's going to create some major mm-hmm. long-term issues for humanity at some point of view. Just watch a documentary about that one at some point. I mean, that was a problem that was never dealt with, and it's going to be a problem that has to be dealt with at some point in the future for human beings. I, look, I looked it up, and it was just the Yunnan, uh, Yunnan part of China. Sorry, Yunnan province in China was the one clamping down on Bitcoin mining. So maybe not all of China. At any rate, I mean, I don't think Bitcoin mining is is as big a problem as certain media outlets have made it to be. Sure, there are better ways of solving these problems than proof of work. I, I would suggest proof of stake or something, but it's not perfect. 202-380-3699. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. It is Free Talk Live, 202-380-3699. If you want to join the conversation, that's 202-380-3699. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And we've been talking largely about UFOs and extraterrestrials. And then, oh, what was almost certainly a troll occurred. That that happens quite a lot. We... Fair warning to everyone, we do in fact have this thing called a dump button. That If you say something stupid that shouldn't get out on radio, we press this button and it goes away. It still goes out on the streams if they care about that. But it actually wouldn't be that hard, especially from this studio with the way everything is set up, to put the audio that's going out behind the dump button as well. It's just not a priority to me because I don't care if it goes out on Twitch and DLive and stuff. Because, like, when I do gaming streams, I regularly swear on Twitch and DLive because they don't care. There's no FCC involved. I don't care. It's more like normal conversation, I guess, for Mm -hmm. me. So, yeah. Anyway, let's go to those phones. We've got Daniel calling from Austin. Daniel, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, y'all. Good to talk to you. What's on your Uh, mind tonight? (laughs) You know, that guy seemed like a troll, but... But then I wonder if he was about to come out as pro child molestation and like use your platform to come out of the closet. I don't know. That was weird. That was weird. Um, it was a very weird call. Uh, he was arguing <laughs> for those who just are now tuning in. He was arguing that being anti pedophilia is 
anti-Semitic, and he never really made any clear connection to those things, but he did assert that he was a Jew, and he said that most pedophiles are Jews. So it, it certainly did seem like he was gearing up to make some sort of confession, but I don't think the guy was actually Jewish in the first place. You so. might be right. Yeah. Uh, and then and just to briefly address the other guy, uh, the biggest problem with the Chinese uh, power plant, I mean, if it is if it is going to turn into a problem, is not Bitcoin mining, but uh, the fact that Washington, D.C. has China on a list that says that they can't get the parts that they need without approval. So if something's going wrong, it's going to take, you know, it, it's going to take a lot of extra hoops and stuff to jump through uh, to get the right parts to fix that leak uh, if they're using any U.S. technology. Which had is that because of tariffs? Uh, it's because of, uh, I guess, just because of uh, China's, uh, you know, status as a communist country, and and they're on. And because the U.S. Uh, government just well, doesn't like China, right? They're on what's called an entity list that bars them from obtaining U.S. technology, uh, which you know is obviously stupid. Well, if that's uh, the case, it would be unwise <laughs> of them to use U.S. technology in their power plant. Right. So hopefully yeah. they wouldn't do that. But it says you want to talk about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I would like to talk about Porkfest. Uh, I, I haven't been up there. Uh, I've known a bunch of people who've gone in the past. But, uh, yeah, I guess uh, – so I'm, I'm, I'm just now hearing about Porkfest, too. Uh, mm. and, and so if I was going to pick one or the other, what do you guys think? Well, this year the Porcupine Freedom Festival is sold out. So it's not an option. Oh. I, I guess you could get a day pass and still attend. No, they're not selling day passes this year as well. Um, there is a Telegram group that if you're looking for a ticket to Porkfest that you can join and people who are unable to attend or that are selling their tickets, most of the time it cost is what they paid for them, um, that you can buy tickets. But you have to buy one on the black market. You can't get a day pass and you can't buy a ticket from Porkfest itself. Why wouldn't they do day passes? Because they are at capacity. They can no longer take any more people into Rogers. That but is what I was told by Lopez. You'll have a lot of fun at Fork Fest. Yeah, you'll have. It's, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, Fork Fest is the only one that's on the table still. Evidently, you mm -hmm. can't even get a day pass for the Porcupine Freedom yep. Festival. But uh, Fork Fest is still happening June, 20, and it may be sold out too. I honestly don't know. No, the, I think that no one is in charge of Fork Fest, so no one is sitting there saying, "Okay, well, we have this many people coming, and we can't have any more." So, I mean. For all I know, everyone's staying through Forkfest. Yeah, there are still some some sites available at Rogers that you can get for Forkfest. So if you want to come, we would love to have you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, they have a great fireworks show that they're going to be doing, I believe, on the 3rd cool. this year. I believe it's the 3rd. Yep. And you're calling from Austin, Texas, right, Daniel? Yeah. Well, I'm from San Antonio, and I'd like to recommend it to you. It's really nice up here. It's only 50% humidity, usually, instead of 80%. Yeah, but definitely bring, right a, bring, bring a hoodie, bring a sweater, yep. because I was not aware of this the first time I came to <laughs> Porkfest. But uh, yes, even in the middle of June in New Hampshire, it's still a little chilly. Yes. I was just outside smoking during the long break. I was like, I really should have brought my hoodie out here for this, because it's even here in Keene, it's chilly, and this this is up in the mountains where it's. I think one year it dropped down into the forties. I mean, it gets cold. We up turned there. the heat on, yeah. Daniel, thank you so much tonight for the call. I'm shocked to find that, like like Rogers Campground, is just fully at capacity. 
That is what I was told when we were talking about tickets and they said they weren't selling anymore, is that they weren't going to sell day passes either because they couldn't handle any more people. Or is Rogers Campground going to prevent people from coming in? I don't know. Well, to answer his question, though, Forkfest is the more fun one, right? I've never been to either one. Well, it depends on what you're into, mm-hmm. right? If you're into having listening to a bunch of seminars and conferences and hanging out people it, it, with people in a very organized and structured way, then the Porcupine Freedom Festival is the best way, method for you. If, you. if you're into it, like having a designated breakfast at 10 a.m. out in this area and this is where we go and we talk our dogs meet each other or whatever then the porcupine freedom festival is the way to go but if you're more like the type who says okay i'm here i have a dog there are people oh those people are doing things i'm going to go do join them then it's pork fest and that's that tends to be the way i operate i don't like a bunch of structure and organization and stuff like that that's generally unnecessary i don't want to be tied to a schedule oh no i can't I can't do this because I have to do this other thing at 10 a.m. And I won't have time to go do yeah. the meet at with the dogs and then get over here in time for the yoga and then go catch Jeffrey Tucker's speech. This is the first year that I have to have a schedule. I've been to several of these and and I volunteered at different things this year. And it's the first time I've ever volunteered. And I'm kind of like a little overwhelmed because I have to be at this place at this time and I have to be somewhere on Tuesday and I have to be somewhere on Wednesday and and so I'm like, okay, this, I don't what know. What else if this did is, you volunteer for? Um, I will meet the regions. I'm going to do the meet, meet the regions for the Monadnock region on okay. Tuesday. And then I'm going to uh, volunteer at one of the booths. Like they have this porcupine information booth that people can come up and they can ask questions about different places. And, um, and so I'm going to volunteer there um, a couple of days. And so it will be. This is all at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, yes, correct? Yes, it's all at Porkfest. Because at Porkfest, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to deal cards. I'm going to have fun and hang out and help with the show and just relax, which is going to be beautiful. Well, hopefully you get a chance to do those things during Porkfest, during the Porcupine Freedom Festival as well. We've also got Jim calling. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. It's a lot of background noise there, Jim. I got to, yeah, I'm putting that back on hold. Didn't sound like he realized he was on. No, probably not. Well, he sat on hold for, you know, 20-something minutes, so that happens. Yeah. But he's probably not actively listening to the show anyway, and I don't want to hear whatever that was. So anyway, Bonnie, you brought in a related story. Now, the U.S. Space Force, uh, do, do, do either of you even know what they were supposed to do? What, like, what is their goal? What is their, what, why do we have a Space Force? Is it to defend against the extraterrestrials? I don't know that we don't know about. Yeah, it, I can't imagine, or is it so that we can, you know, have military on the moon or in Maybe orbit? Maybe they're trying to find another place for us to go when we destroy the planet. <laughs> I can't remember. I remember Trump talking about it. I think he was just saying, like, we're, you know, going to start exploring space soon, and we want to make sure we have uh, the first defense team, you know, that's, you know, on that area. I don't know. I can't remember if there was anything more specific than that. But it's That weird. is such a human way to view the universe. Oh, we're going to go out exploring we have to have a way of defending ourselves against whatever we might encounter. Alien communists. And in fact, there's no reason to assume that extraterrestrials would be malevolent. They would almost certainly be benevolent and as curious about us as we would be about them. But if you let your military be your ambassadors to ET, you're going to have a bad time. Yep. 202-380-3699. More about this Space Force, what it was supposed to be doing and what it's actually doing. 202-380-3699. This is Free Talk Live. 
It's Free Talk Live, 202-380-3699. If you want to join the discussion, that's 202-380-3699. With you tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And we've been talking about aliens, and now we're moving on to the Space Force that the Trump administration set up. I, I don't know what it what it was designed to do or what it was supposed to do. But evidently, it's not doing whatever that mission is. Bunny, I believe you have a story in regard to that. Yes, this from Business Insider says, U.S. Space Force has fired its first shots of the drug war. Because that makes sense for the Space War to be working, or Space Force to be working on. So the Space Force is fighting in the drug war. Because our drugs come from space, right? (laughs) That would be cool. (laughs) Space Force is the newest U.S. military branch, and it has now joined the U.S.'s longest-running war. The 45th Security Forces Squadron seized uh, roughly 65 pounds of cocaine found on a beach at Cape Canaveral Space Force Station on May 19th. The squadron is part of the... Hold up. The, they found 65 pounds of cocaine at their station? Yes, because it washed up. Yeah. Oh. It's, it says... So they're not even in space. Nope. They're just hanging out on a beach. Yeah. On the caption of the picture. And they found some cocaine. Yes. <laughs> it, it came to them. Uh, there's a picture. <laughs> <laughs> there's oh a gosh. picture of cocaine in some sand and there's like a caption. It says, uh, U.S. Space Forces personnel found rough, roughly 65 pounds of cocaine on a Florida beach in May. Packages like these are typically dumped overboard after accidents or attempts to evade authorities. So if they're about to get pulled over on their boat, they'll throw out their cocaine and then it'll wash up on a beach i don't know what i expected from a space force set up by the trump administration but you know now that i'm hearing about it if i had to guess a bunch of dudes sitting around on a beach with cocaine magically appearing would be about right (laughs) oh we just found it it washed up the squadron is part of space launch delta 45 based at Patrick Space Force Base on Florida's Atlantic coast. I had no idea there was even already Space Force bases. Um, the base- well, there's probably plenty of unused military bases in the U.S. They were probably just like, here, you can have this one. Oh, yeah, that's true. Plus, it could be a joint military base. The base was renamed after Space Force was formed. The new branch also renamed its units Deltas. Okay, so that makes sense. A wildlife manager with the 45th Civil Engineer Squadron, another Space Launch Delta 45 unit, found one package of what appeared to be drugs while conducting sea turtle nesting survey on the beach. Is that also what they're... Oh, never mind. Sorry. I thought that was a... Oh, yeah. It is a Space Force Delta unit. They're they're studying sea turtle nesting on the beach. So they have wildlife managers in the Space Force? It's just so weird. So we have a bunch of dudes hanging out on a beach, staring at turtles (laughs) with magical cocaine appearing. It just washed up on the beach. That sounds like the government. Uh, This sounds almost like a dream job, though. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're getting paid to stare at turtles on the beach. (laughs) And cocaine just magically appears. (laughs) Let's hold. I I, I can't handle any more of the absurdity (laughs) at the moment. And and I just feel it. There's going to be some other weird thing about this coming up. We've got Bonnie calling from New Jersey. Bonnie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? What's on your mind tonight? Good. Thanks. Um, I was calling. I've been listening for a long time, and this is my first time calling. I'm a little bit nervous, but 
Um, my husband and I are attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We've gone a number of years now, and we wanted to throw a party. And we thought, what better way to, um, you know, celebrate this occasion than to dedicate this party to something that's meaningful to us. So when we heard about what had happened with the Crypto Six, we decided to throw this party as a fundraiser for the Crypto Six Defense Fund. So I wanted to call and, um, I guess, ask for your blessing, first and foremost, and secondly, to promote the event um, so we could uh, have some attendees and get some fundraising done. Absolutely. Uh, you, you certainly have my blessing. I can't speak for anyone else, but... I think that's great, no, Bonnie. Um, I'd like to hear more information. Do you know what night you're planning on having your party? Yeah. So we're actually going to do it during the day because we thought there's a lot of events happening at nighttime and we thought it might be nice. And if people want to come and really party, they certainly can. But if people also just want to come hang out and maybe dance and listen to some funky music uh, around some like-minded Liberty folks who want to help the Crypto Six, that's kind of what we're going for. So we're at Site 61, which is Tenting Site 61, U61. They've got this new map organization thing this year that I'm not so (laughs) familiar with. I remember that, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, I haven't looked into it yet. I tend to just wander around. Yeah, well, I assure you, you will hear us because uh, my husband DJs and he's bringing... Um, all of his equipment. So you won't be able to miss us uh, Wednesday. Well, I mean, if you're having a Crypto 6 fundraiser, we're going to be there. I'm going to be there for sure. That would just that would just make that would absolutely make our day. We would love what day was it? Wednesday from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday, 2 to 5. Okay. Um, So what kind of music does he play? So he's looking at mostly playing house music and hip hop, yes. like leaning maybe more towards some groovy hip hop that would be appropriate for families because this is a family friendly event. Um, I am making some cocktails. I'm going to be making, uh, I'm a bartender. I'm going to be making four cocktails. I'm going to make the AstraZeneca, the Johnson and Johnson, the Pfizer and the Moderna. <laughs> so you can nice. use your poison if you will. <laughs> and um, all of those will be offered at no charge. We just ask for a donation. Um, and are you going to be accepting donations in cash and crypto or just one or the other? Or Yeah, I'm actually a metals dealer as my day job, so I'll also accept gold and silver, which I can turn into um, FRNs if that's what uh, nice. you guys would prefer. But we, we can talk about that, you know, um, in, in whatever way um, you, at the event. But we will be accepting crypto as well. I'm hoping to take your QR codes and blow them up so I can put them out on the table and people can just donate that way. Those are on the crypto6.com. You might have already known that, but just letting the listeners yeah. know. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm not super technology savvy, but I'm hoping I can screenshot them and blow them up and then people nice. can just scan them. Or maybe I can get an iPad and just have the crypto6 website there and then they can scan it from there. That might be better than a screenshot. I think that you'll want a screenshot or something printed because the internet sometimes can be kind of hokey. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. So yeah, I think a screenshot and then hopefully I can just blow it up without altering the image which I don't really know how that works. But hopefully yeah, I'll, I'll definitely it, figure it out really, before next Wednesday. <laughs> it's really simple. If you want to shoot me an email at aria at freetalklive.com, I can provide you with, you know, blown up versions of those QR codes very easily and very quickly. Oh, that would be and amazing. Then, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. I imagine a lot of people are suddenly looking forward to it. I didn't even know it was happening. I didn't either. But, so uh, I'm glad that she called, Bonnie. I appreciate nice. that being your first call. That's and I, I, I had one additional question for you. Uh, are you still with us, Bonnie? Yes, I'm here. Now, the Telegram chat from ForkFest uh, used to be very busy, and I didn't always keep up with it. Were you the person who at one point was planning a pajama party? 
No, no, I'm actually not in the Forkfest <laughs> chat because we're not able to attend Forkfest this year. Um, okay. We have gone in previous years, but we're only able to attend the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year. Okay, well, we will be there for that one. I look forward to seeing you. It's been driving me crazy because I was looking at working with someone to plan a party, and then the FBI took Telegram away from me, so I can't just continue trying to do that. And I, I don't even remember what this person's name was because I just knew them from a Telegram handle. Well, I'd be willing to bet that she is super cool because her name is Bonnie. Yep, two zero two three eight zero three six nine nine. The Terran Federation and the Terran League have been killing each other for decades. Sheltered, wealthy, and light years from the threat, the members of the 500 have no interest in changing that. When Rear Admiral Terrence Murphy is given governorship of a backwater system, a risk-free path to wealth and power is his for the taking. But Murphy is a man of honor, duty, and responsibility. He intends to stop the killing, whatever the cost. Governor by David Weber and Richard Fox from BaneBooks.com. I want you to imagine hanging out on a beach, staring at turtles, and suddenly... There's Coke. And you're getting paid. And you're getting paid for this. <laughs> We're talking about the Space Force, which they seem to be kind of spacey. I don't know if that counts or not, but what they're doing here in Florida is uh, studying the nesting. You know, I, I know it's a lie. I know that can't possibly be what they're actually doing, right? That's the U.S. government refusing to tell us what these people are actually doing. It has to be. I just I can't understand a world where there is a space force studying the nesting habits of sea turtles. Maybe now <laughs> let's let's just think that maybe they're trying to figure out if they can get these sea turtles onto another planet. <laughs> can maybe they survive? Maybe these are the ones that are going to survive there. Maybe, possibly, probably okay. not. They live a long time. That, so that, I mean, see, that could be or learning how this creature nests. Could somehow I'm trying, and, and then cocaine pit pops up. Yeah, and then there's 65 pounds of cocaine. I mean, I don't get it. So, what what happens next in this train wreck of a story? <laughs> it says 24 packages were found, and a narcotics agent from the Brevard County Sheriff's Office used a field test to confirm he rubbed it on his gums. <laughs> used a field test to confirm that they contained cocaine. The sheriff's office estimated the total value at 1.2 million. The cocaine was turned over to Homeland Security Investigations, part of the Homeland Security Department. So they could sell it to Mexican drug cartels and use the money to fund the Space Force Sea Turtles. That's it's, exactly it's brilliant. it. Yeah. We figured it out. I wonder if there was more that they they took, you know. They don't have to hand it all over. Well, they probably wouldn't. They could but, bury yeah. it with the eggs. Yeah, I mean, they learned exactly how to bury an egg from watching these deep sea turtles. <laughs> so they could bury a package. They could easily bury cocaine. Okay. It the, says the, the Homeland Security did further testing. So it just sounds like they're doing more field so tests with their They're gums. just having a party out on the beach. You got DHS and the Space Force out there having a party, playing with the sea turtles and just doing cocaine. <laughs> Why did they need to do further testing? You could get somebody from Keene well, State they College didn't need to figure it out. To, but it was they cocaine. wanted to. 
It's don't just, mind all of this. We're just testing it. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's real. It says HSI relayed the information to the DEA's El Paso Intelligence Center. Oh, so, so they invited more people to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Such information is often applied to larger cases like that of convicted C- Sinaloa cartel chief Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. I don't know what, why they had to say that. Somehow, this could possibly have something to do with El Chapo. Okay. <laughs> Southeastern states were, prime, uh, were primary entry points for cocaine when use of the drug exploded in the U.S. in the late 1970s and early 80s. Law enforcement pressure forced smugglers to shift to routes through the Pacific Ocean and across Mexico, which is still the primary smuggling corridor. So I just can't get over the visual image of the Space Force and the turtles and DHS and this other law enforcement agency just hanging out on the beach doing cocaine. Yep. Testing. They're testing. T- it. Testing. Yeah. Cocaine. Let's get it right. Repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the rest of this article, they were just giving that drug, uh, you know, drug war history to say that, oh, this is probably why it was dumped overboard on a ship. And that's how it ended up on the beach of the Space Force's backyard. Well, $1.2 million worth of cocaine is certainly a lot of cocaine to just throw overboard. But I don't know what the circumstances around that were. I would, if I worked for El Chapo, I wouldn't want to have to explain to him why I threw away more than a million dollars worth of cocaine. I would probably jump in the water with the cocaine. <laughs> Be like, okay, I'm, I'm out. Or at least let the United States take you to a U.S. prison. Is that the end of that story? That was it. Ah, bizarre. I, I I wish I could see what they were actually doing because I, I can't imagine that it actually... I, I need to know why they're studying sea turtles. I picture beach chairs and, and hula girls and... Yeah, it's like, hey, come on out, guys. Yeah. We've got all the cocaine. <laughs> 65 pounds Literally. of it. And we're testing. They, they were testing it. And evidently it was good i don't know does it did it say what happened with the cocaine or are we just going to assume that they turned it over to someone they apparently turned it over to the homeland security investigations which uh brought in the el paso division i guess of the dea to help them test it like (laughs) i just think it's funny multiple government agencies need to test it i mean at least if you were saying like oh we're deciding what to do with it maybe i could believe that but i'm pretty sure that like you know, any crackhead you find in, on the side of the street could just taste it and tell you if it's cocaine. Or any, just, you know. You would think so. And you, I would expect a DEA agent would be able to ident- identify cocaine relatively easily as well. But they had to test it repeatedly. I don't blame them. <laughs> I'm glad because I feel safer. You know what? That's a good point. I, <laughs> I feel safer, too, knowing that the Space Force is keeping a close eye on those dastardly sea turtles yeah exactly. and they're using the cocaine to stay awake oh that's an excellent <laughs> yeah, point they can't miss anything they have to know how to bury the eggs that yeah and they seem to be good at it and somehow this is going to get us to another planet and it's going to help us when we run into an et and they attack they'll be able to throw super cocaineated sea turtles <laughs> at the extraterrestrials this sounds like a great story. I think we read it somewhere. Like just roll the window down and throw the cocaine sea turtle at them. <laughs> Bizarre. Maybe they were protecting the sea turtles from the use of cocaine, the te- sea turtle adolescents. That would be more 
That would be just as plausible as anything else they could be doing with the sea turtles. I really need to know more about the Space Force, why they even exist and what they're trying to accomplish. If it's if it's to defend ourselves against extraterrestrials, I I understand why a statist would be concerned about that or a violent person would be concerned about that because they're violent. They're just going to assume that any other entities they may encounter are also going to be violent. But if if someone, if an extraterrestrial with the cap- technological capabilities of traveling to planet Earth wanted to attack us, th- we would not stand a chance. No, no way. Independence Day made a really good movie, but Earth would have been annihilated. Yep. And it wouldn't have been some unemployed mathematician figuring out, cracking the code to solve it. Humans would have just been annihilated. I googled it. I googled what is the space force. If you want me to read that to you, absolutely. Says energized by golden a new age a new golden age of space and the emergence of orbit as a war fighting domain, the space force has become a major aspirational target for people with space related resume resumes. Okay, so they want to they want to drag war into orbit around Earth. It's not enough well, to fight on the ground anymore. We also have to fight in space. Well, Captain did recently have an article that I'm not sure if they actually talked about on FTL, but he was thinking about bringing on to FTL that was they were testing, I guess, in 2019, these weapons that would be on, they would be orbiting the Earth like a satellite, and they would drop, just drop uh, Oh, yeah, the, the rods. rods. I yeah. forget what they're called. Like titanium rods or something else like that? They have a, they have a clever nickname. Oh, oh they would drop it from space? Rods from gods. Is that it? Rods from god or something. Well, I don't know. There might be another one. But yeah, they'd drop them from space, and the impact would be that, uh, like an atomic bomb, because it, you know, it had so much. Travel. Yeah. Um, I mean, that isn't new, though. That's something that was mentioned in one of the Call of Duty video games like six or seven years ago. Wow. Oh, that article was like from 2019 that he was talking about. But yeah, so that would maybe be like an orbital well, weapon that they're talking about. The Call of Duty franchise works very closely with the U.S. military. So I, I would imagine they probably had some sort of inside knowledge of, hey, we want some creative sci-fi-ish thing that we can use in this video game. And the government was like, hey, okay, cool. Use these. And then six years later, the rest of the world catches up. And I end up sounding crazy saying, yeah, Call of Duty made this possibility known like six years ago. So weird. Um, Well, it says launch last December. The branch's stated mission is to provide space capabilities and to protect U.S. and allied security interests in space. Look, if we reach a point where we're actually traveling space regularly, U.S. interests no longer matter. We're dealing with Earth interests at that point. That's why I'm not a fan of the Space Force. What are your thoughts? 202-380-3699. It's Free Talk Live. With you tonight, it's... Aria, Angie, and Bonnie. And someone mentioned this earlier, and then we got distracted with sea turtles and cocaine and the Space Force and extraterrestrials. And John Stewart, though, I've, I've always liked John Stewart, even though I didn't always agree with him politically. He was a really, he's really clever. He's a smart guy, mm-hmm. and he's usually pretty funny. Yep. I, I loved it when he had The Daily Show. When he left it, I stopped watching it. That's what it was, The Daily Show that I remember him from. Yes, and he was, I remember him as being relatively fair to Ron Paul. He talked about him more than most news anchors did. 
like pointed out after I think it was the oh Iowa caucus or I don't remember which one, but Ron Paul placed third in it, and they they pointed out the person who placed first, second, fourth, and fifth, and even sixth. They they mentioned Huntsman or whatever his name was, and they just. They it was Fox third? News or MSNBC or someone. They just skipped right over Ron Paul. And John wow. Stewart was the only one I saw calling them out on this. And he still got the video of it. You can probably find it on YouTube. But that was when he really earned my respect. I was like, you know what? That's awesome. You're right. You know, he placed fourth. Behind who? Because they, they never said. Wow. I mean, it's easy to fight back when the media hates you. But when they just pretend like you don't exist... It's almost impossible to fight back. Mm-hmm. But he's caused a firestorm on social media for making an impassioned argument in favor of the Wuhan lab leak theory on The Late Show. I didn't know he still had a show. But his remarks were avoided like the plague itself by the major TV networks. Appearing for the CBS Late Night Show's first in-person studio taping since the pandemic began, Stewart shocked the audience by promoting the belief that the coronavirus stemmed from a Chinese coronavirus lab by suggesting it isn't far-fetched, comparing it to an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. And he's not wrong, because this whole thing, they said it originated with a coronavirus in a bat, right? And that's what they study at the Wuhan laboratory, is specifically coronaviruses in bats. It, I, I don't know that that's what happened, but it certainly seems likely okay. that while they were experimenting on coronaviruses in bats, they ended up finding one and infecting themselves with it accidentally, whereupon it spread everywhere. Who knows? Maybe a steam shovel mated with the cocoa bean, or it's the chocolate factory. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Know. Yeah, it took me a second to figure. Maybe, maybe the reason there's an outbreak of chocolatey goodness is because a steam shovel mated with the cocoa bean, <laughs> or it's the chocolate factory. Despite his remarks getting millions of views on Twitter and YouTube, Stewart's comments were completely ignored by CNN, MSNBC, ABC, and NBC. Even CBS whitewashed Stewart's Wuhan commentary, showing a brief clip of his late show appearance. Guest John Stewart said, We owe a, grit of, a debt of gratitude towards science. Science has in many ways helped ease the suffering of this pandemic. That's why weird editing choices here for this article. I would expect them to have went on to say that, you know, the way in which they whitewashed Stewart's commentary was by showing a clip of him on the show, but clipping out that part entirely. But they didn't say that that's what happened. And instead, they started talking about John Stewart and science, which comes out of nowhere. While the report, while the report showed Colbert's, Colbert's, does he still go by Colbert? I don't know. Dramatic reaction to the remark. I don't even know how Colbert got introduced into this equation. We're halfway through the article, and it's the first mention of him. Yeah. Oh, I think it's his show, actually. I think that John Stewart was a guest on the show. Okay. See, that would have been useful information for them to put at the beginning of their article. I saw That's why we often say, oh, well, John Stewart's this guy who used to do The Daily Show instead of just saying John Stewart and then carrying on. And then yeah. five minutes later, bringing up. Is this Fox News? It is. Mm-hmm. Well, I've only allowed one or two sources at the moment, Fox News and MSNBC, and MSNBC is horrible. They don't even have news there. It's just opinion pieces. Wow. And they're obsessed with Donald Trump and Republicans. They 
Mark actually brought up a study about this last night. They mentioned Donald Trump like 125% more than they mentioned Joe Biden. Still today? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you go to MSNBC.com right now, the articles you're going to find are going to be all all about Trump. I'll pull it up real quick just to prove my point. It's going to be all about Trump and why conservatives are bad. Yeah. There was an MSNBC headline. I didn't read the article. It just said. Oh, I can't bring it up because they changed their ad block policy. Oh, that's so annoying. Yeah. But yeah, they, they are obsessed with Trump even now. However, the little attention that Stewart received from the liberal media was mostly negative, including from the Washington Post. What Fox, you can't say the media completely ignored him and then call out examples of the media not ignoring him. <laughs> the Washington Post evidently published a blistering op-ed urging readers not to rely on ce- celebrities like him. Oh, that's what I was about to say. I don't know why I thought it was MSNBC. Yeah, it said, like, don't get your COVID theory theories from celebrities okay well the media is always using celebrities to push their covid ideas yeah they've used celebrities to push all sorts of ideas not just limited to covid for sure for years as the former longtime host of the daily show stewart was a media darling who was revered by liberal journalists for his political commentary even after stepping down stewart's media prevalent presence continued largely due to his activism on behalf of 9-11 first responders and veterans and then the article just sort of ends it doesn't really give me much information about i mean was that it was that his entire claim is that you know it's like expecting a steam shovel and cocoa to accidentally produce a chocolate spill near hershey pennsylvania or whatever however it is he phrased it that's the extent of it i think so that sounded like it still he's not wrong right we don't know where this virus originated if if you get crucified in the media for even allowing the possibility that it could have been a lab leak, then we can't even have a discussion about where this virus came from. And if it did come from a lab leak, and there is a lab in China that is developing these sorts of diseases and letting them out into the public accidentally or purposefully, then that's something that we as a people should know about and should shut down before it happens again. Wasn't it called some kind of Wuhan uh thing before it was called covid yeah that's so funny because i was looking at the article i had from the new york post and seeing if there was any more info it was just kind of hard to skim it but it john stewart mentioned he said the disease has the name of the lab in its name and i was like wait isn't it covid19 so no, i'm pretty sure that it was called the wuhan something or another before it was called covid19 because it originated from there hmm. well there's no doubt that it originated it originated, it first appeared, or it seems to have first appeared mm-hmm. in Wuhan. However, we don't know if that's even true because blood samples from the Red Cross taken in December of 2019 have the antibodies for COVID-19, meaning the person who gave that blood in, from within the United States had already had COVID-19 in December prior to the pandemic starting yeah. in March. So we don't actually know. And, you know, I haven't heard anything else about that. Maybe that turned out to not be true, but I certainly... Well, I I heard that it came sometime in, like, um, October of before, the, before, like, October of 2019. But it had arrived it. a little before that, and that... Um, it seems very didn't. likely. Yeah. I got a horrible flu that either November or December, like, I called off of work for, like, two weeks. I just had something totally wrong with me for, like, two weeks. It was, like, a mm-hmm. cough and headaches and nose dripping and... 
Well, the flu was really bad that year. Could have been that too. Um, I didn't go to the doctor. I got the flu that year. I, I didn't go to the doctor either because, you know, I'm a young, healthy person. If I get the flu, I'm just going to keep going. Exactly. I'm going to get well eventually. Yep. Do you guys remember at the beginning they were saying that it came from snake meat? No, I don't, I don't remember that. that. It's like a it's like a 1984 like how they were hiding information and then changing it the next week and everybody would forget it. I that's what I always remembered it being was that it came from snake meat at markets and then all of a sudden that was dropped. Oh, it's bats. Oh, it, it came from a bat. I, me and my friend used to be like re- obsessively reading about like updates on the coronavirus in like November night 2019 because we were just like, oh my god, this is probably going to be something really scary. They're probably going to you know. Uh, start a pandemic and we're gonna you know and that's why it happened mm-hmm. so when i remember looking up that i mean i remember reading a headline with him and it said that there had been 19 deaths like i was on top of this this i knew it was gonna be something big and um at first they were saying it came from snake meats in the markets in wuhan, wuhan. And, and like nobody really remembers that i don't know i can google it and see if it's still well i mean it sounds like they made i mean they didn't know at first where it came from. I'm, I'm not going to hold it against them that initially they thought snake meats and they're like, oh, no, it probably originated with the bat because, I mean, they're, they're still learning. What I'm curious about is, oh, I'm not going to really have time to get into it, but there's this Chinese defector who shares videos from supposedly things happening in China. You see people like killing over in the streets and stuff, just dropping dead on tables. What was going on with all of that? We're never going to know. Nope. Thanks for listening. We're online in the meantime. Chat with us over at social.freetalklive.com or chat.matrix.lrn.fm, social.freetalklive.com. The Crypto Six are preparing to defend ourselves against the state. On March the 16th of this year, the federal government came after Free Talk Live. They raided the studio. They arrested several of our hosts, one of whom, Rich Paul, also known as Nobody, remains in custody. They picked us thinking that they would find easy targets. Man, were they wrong, because we do not intend to back down. Visit thecrypto6.com to find out how you can join the war for freedom and financial liberty. Bitcoin isn't a crime. Cryptocurrency isn't a crime. Don't let the powers that be take control of cryptocurrency and establish the likes of Coinbase, Gemini, and Kraken as the next JP Morgan, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. Keep cryptocurrency decentralized and beyond the control of the federal government. Go to thecrypto6.com to learn more about how you can join this fight. Thecrypto6.com.